G'day everyone, it's been a little while, but here is another episode of the Unprofessional Series, sponsored by Bodyboard King, featuring Bradley Hill, Indigenous All-Star, halfback for St Kilda, who has recently exceeded the 200-game milestone. I sat down for a chat with Bradley a little while ago, and he is an absolute legend, loves to boog, and we dive straight into his career, his bodyboarding. He's a wonderful guy, so I hope you enjoy this podcast. A huge thanks to you, Bradley, for jumping on. Well, a really great welcome to um, a man who plays a sport which I know very little about, and I'm going to just wing it from here, Bradley Hill. Nice to have you on the podcast, mate. Thanks for having me, mate. I'll I'll try to teach you a thing or two. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. I am. I need to understand this correctly. I've done some just rapid fire Googling to, you know, really understand who I'm talking to in this um, <laughs> podcast series. And so you're currently playing for St Kilda, also yep. known as the Saints. Yeah. Yep. 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 Right. <laughs> you're on the right path, mate. <laughs> and, and this is in the sport of AFL. Now, um, most of the Aussies who tune into this are going to totally understand what AFL is. And in particular, if they're from WA, but there are a lot of listeners who tune in from overseas who probably may have very limited understanding of this sport. So what's your quick kind of breakdown of AFL to the completely uninitiated? And I'm going to pretend like uh, I know more. Probably the closest sport if you're from Ireland, probably Gaelic footy. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's sort of like uh, it's pretty hard to compare it to any other sport because um, the way the game is played, it's, on the biggest oval in the in the world, like the size of it is bigger than any other um, sports. Um, it's played on three sixty degrees, sort of as in you can be tackled from any which way. There's no offside or anything like that. So um, there's eighteen people on the field, so probably the most as well. Um, yeah, there's a bit that goes on with the with the rules and and whatnot. There's kicking, there's handballing, tackling, marking. <laughs> there's 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 a lot to it. So. Um, that, that's yeah. a good spiel. That gets it across. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> on the the interesting, the, the only real thing that ever jumped out for me as an East Coaster from the northern kind of coastal area of, of Australia, which doesn't have a lot of AFL being played, it's more of a rugby league zone. But um, the thing that always captured my attention when it came to AFL was that it was just seemed to be really cool if everyone just crowded the field at the end of the game. Like all the fans just run on and it just seems like it's this thing of – carnage at the end of a match and i think we yeah. just saw it recently with um buddy franklin getting his thousandth um yeah. goal like how that looks scary almost for a player like is that a good feeling or a bad one um, when you're in the uh, well i haven't really experienced it in afl level anyways as in anything what buddy's done and i don't think that will really happen ever again either but it was um, crazy i guess more so like Growing up, if you're following, like, you know, the, the league below, like, VFL and stuff like that, that's probably traditional. traditionally what happens after games where everyone's on there just ha- having a kick. But they don't really normally go to the players like you would have saw with Barnes. Oh, okay. Um, and you're definitely not getting as many people to the games. With with AFL, you're not allowed to – if you go on the field, it's a fine normally. Yeah. But okay. um, when something cool. special happens like what Buddy did, 
you know, once in a lifetime sort of thing. Um, you know, they, they sort of just let it, let it happen. That was crazy <laughs> though. Hey, like, I mean, that was thousands of people. Um, yeah. I mean, it just, it was, it was kind of like mind blowing. I couldn't believe what I was he's watching. A, in the last 20 years, he's the only bloke that, that's, that it's happened to. And yeah. It's happened to him twice because he kicked 100 goals in the season as well. So <laughs> that was in 2008. So yeah, he's done it. He's done it twice. The big man. Good, good on him. Good on him. Um, look, you're you're playing in Melbourne, and some of the research I've done on you, like big thanks to Aiden Salmon for connecting us up um, at Bali Bodyboarding. He's um he was the man. I was like, hey, I'm looking for I'm looking for people for this podcast series, and I want to try and tell some stories and interview some people who are bodyboarders, but they do other things really well. And kind of bodyboarding isn't their main focus, but it's more of their passion. And, um, and yeah, he, you were high on the list, actually got a little recommendation from him for a netballer as well, which is going to be interesting (laughs) going everywhere with this podcast. But, um, you know, tell me about the, the relationship to bodyboarding because I've, I've checked out a few of you on your Instagram, you got you bodyboarding. It's like a, it's a thing you share with the world. Um, yeah, and it's something that you're, I've watched some clips. You're not bad at it, you know, like you know what you're doing. So how did you get into bodyboarding in the first place? Um, and where did it all begin for you? Oh, I'll probably say like I didn't really do it that much when I was younger, but um, I don't know if you heard of a wave down in Perth, Clayton's, which is like Mindari, Queens area. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure Louis, Louis grew up in. Um, That's what I was thinking. I was about to say Louis was yeah. the guy around there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Louis from there. And my older brother, Stephen, probably he's the one who bodyboard more. I sort of okay. every now and then went down there, you know, like I just went out there, had a little bit of fun. Like it was it was a little bit big. I was I was shitting myself, you know, when I was like, you know, 12, 13, and then didn't bodyboard again for 10 years probably. Sure. And then I picked it back up when I when I got when I moved back to Perth and played for Fremantle. Mm. So what was I was twenty two at the time, and then one of my mates was uh, a couple of my mates were bodyboarding over there. So I was like, oh, I'm going to pick it back up, you know, something to do outside of footy, just you know, always footy, 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 and just something to like, you know, relax me and just get out in the water. And I, I've always enjoyed the water and, and whatnot. And then one of my other mates was a photographer and was always taking photos and loved going in the water and that. And then I just started started boogieing heaps, and then pretty much I reckon. And then I had a couple of teammates that um, were surfing, like stand up, um, and we'll pretty much go on four or five times a week. Like if there was any way, we were there before training. That's sick. And I felt like it, it was real good for like my mentals as well. Just like yeah. you know, not this always footy and like if you're not playing well or anything like that. Like if you get out of the ocean, like nothing else sort of matters. You just sort of just sitting yeah. out there with, with everyone, but. If you're getting Perth, buddy, Scarborough's always pretty packed, so it's hard to get away. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, fully. Most, most times, was whenever there was surf, we'll, we'll bloody out there. So, um, and even since moving back here, I sort of when I can, I'll go down to like Phillip Island or, or something like that. But it's just a bit more of a trek. Yeah, it's a bit. Um, WA is a special place. I was I was telling you before the podcast started recording that I'd you know I was living over there for the for the better part of last year, and you know. It's hard to come back to any other coastline once you've been surfing on that one. Oh, you know, like yeah. it's special. That's special. Yeah. 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 Like I surfed a little bit like um with the boys, like been in Mandra Wedge and stuff a couple of times, but I don't yeah. have too many tricks up my sleeve. But um, you know, that was fun. And then I've been I've been down to um yelling up a few times and, and surf there and um 
with uh, you know, Joey Jordan. Oh, I know Joey very well. He's a legend. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, he's, he's a ripper, and like he used to come surf with us in Perth a little bit whenever he's up in Perth, and he's the nicest dude ever. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. And um, it took out me and a couple of my mates who bodyboard a little bit, but you know, never bodyboard anything like um, supers down in uh, yelling up. Yeah. Um, and he, he took us out there one day, and it was actually like no one out there, just us four. Sick. And um, and like I've never surfed it ever beforehand, and um, yeah, it was a pretty, it was a pretty sick day, and we got a couple, got a couple sick waves, and um, Joe was out there with us, and it was, it, it was killing it. But um, yeah, we got a couple of nice ones there. Oh, that's cool, man. I think I saw from your gram that you've you've been able to kind of sneak in some little um, missions to the urban surf facility. Like how, how does that, that must be pretty handy, right? For, for, um, yeah, for or? yeah, it is. I end up buying like a, um, a, like a year membership there. Yeah. Um, and because like I was saying before, like anywhere I've got to surf over here is like a bit of a trek, and especially sure. like I can sort of only go in season. I can sort of only go on my day off. And if I go, it's like, it's a full day. Like I've got to travel two hours surf for a few hours and then come back like it's a full, full day. Yeah. Um, so, like, I wasn't doing it too much. So then I just got that urban surf membership and then I was just going, like, on my days off. Like, I didn't go at night time, like, surf at night time. You know, so good the there at night. I reckon you know, it's great. I mean? Yeah. So I literally was just smashing it out for, like, a year straight, just nonstop, um, which was sick. And then, um, then that COVID hit. And we actually went up, moved up to the Noosa. So then I started... Um, we lived up in Noosa for like four months for the footy season. So, no way. Um, and we had a couple, we had a couple of sick days there, and I was, I was booing there a fair bit. And then I started getting on the long. I, got I was going to say, yeah, that was when they made the bubble, right? Was that for the AFL when they took? Did they go and play all yeah. the games up there? Is that what happened again? Yeah, all the games are played in Queensland, and yeah, um, yeah, yeah Goldie and Brisbane, most of the games, and then Adelaide was still available, but um, yeah, pretty much all right. the games in the Gold yeah. I just forgot about it. Like so much has happened with COVID that I just remembered that as being a thing that happened. Like that must have been a bit of a, like it sounds like it was a positive experience. Like you just went up there and yeah. had a new life for a bit. Yeah, for us, we loved it because we had Noosa to our whole, to ourselves, like the St Kilda Footy Club, like we literally had like the no joint way. to ourselves. Now the club, well, the other clubs are sort of in hotels with each other and I don't think oh. they like enjoy it. So yeah. we, we, we got the um, the lucky end of the, that's a good deal. That's a good deal. Yeah, just to be plonked at Noosa for the whole time, like sick. Was How was that to ride in a bodyboard? It's not really the typical place you'd be getting out um, on a board. I actually had like one or a couple of days there where it's sort of um where we got like a little bit of a cyclone come through and like mm. it was just like it was this barrel and a it was like at the um on the point on Noosa yeah. point. But a lot of the other times I just got the Sunshine Beach, which had a yep, couple on the other um, side. What wasn't uh, was all right, but then I literally pretty much I got like a long board and I was just pretty much stand up on the long board the whole time. That's sick though, and like I mean, touching on that, um, I mean, I was a bit shocked to hear that you could get in five surfs a week when you're a professional AFL player. Like I thought you guys would be training way too much to to do that. Like what's the what's the regime look like for your week? You know, when you when you're in full kind of season, like how how much spare time do you have? In season is a bit better because it's more so like um, recovery focused sort of thing in meetings, ah. massage, all that because you play on the weekend and you get in your body right for the week weekend uh-huh. coming. Um, and then I guess bodyboarding, they were saying to us, is pretty good for your recovery too. You're getting your legs moving, you're in the water, whatnot. But like 
probably five times, probably a little bit over. But if there was ways five days in a row, we'd be there. But yeah. like me and um, like me, Fifey, um, Connor Blakely, like we'd wake up at like get to the beach at like five thirty in the morning, surf to seven, get brekkie on the way, drive in the training, and then train start training at like eight o'clock. Mad. That's really cool. That's really cool. Um, it's funny though. It's funny that the, the, the sports kind of whoever's in charge there, I'm sure you got it. There's a bit of an entourage at any football club and, you know, I'm, I'm surprised they weren't concerned that you were going bodyboarding. Cause you know, like there's a lot of like easy back injuries. There's a lot of easy yeah. shoulder injuries and stuff from bodyboarding, but I guess they didn't do that much research. <laughs> no, I don't think. <laughs> and also they're probably thinking I was just surfing some like, Little one, two footers, but yeah, exactly. There's been a few times where I've gone out when it's pretty, pretty hectic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, but yeah, to be honest, like I enjoy it, so I'll just I'll keep on doing it. Yeah, that's (laughs) mad. I haven't hurt myself yet. I've had a couple of scary hold downs, but that's about it. (laughs) Yeah, we we all we all have those eventually. I mean. When it comes to what you do on a bodyboard, like, and coming to that experience that, like, I quickly was on the phone to Aiden before just saying, like, hey, I'm just about to do the podcast with Bradley. Like, what, got any questions? What, what do I do here? I don't know what I'm talking about with AFL. And he, well, and he said that, like, when you were over there, he said that there was a pretty good session at Padang that he, he said you had a good dig, dig at. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. how was that? Do you want to recount a bit of a, a surf story for the audience to kind of hear, you know, yeah, that experience probably, with Bali yeah. bodyboarding? Yeah, to be honest, that was probably like one of my best days. As in, like, I ended up getting a pretty cool video too. Me, me surfing it. It was like it was pretty. It was actually pretty decent size. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how big it was, but it's pretty. It felt pretty big out there. I was, I was like, fucking hell, when I got out there, I was like, this is pretty, pretty big. Um, and I, I was probably a little bit scared at first, and then got me first one, got hammered. I was like, oh, this is this is pretty easy. It's not too bad. Um, but you know what Padang's like is bloody busy as and um there's so many surfers out there and sitting at the back. Um and we sort of just sat in that inside section and when people weren't making it, this this get this dropping in late, you know what I mean? So yeah. Um and I end up end up scoring um a few nice ones and um getting through and thought it was the best day ever. So um and a couple other mates that came with us didn't want to come that day and they missed out and Bloody, you know when you just have that one that one good surf and you just come off and you're like, that's just made my whole trip, you know? Like I don't yeah. need any more any more ways. It is a dosage. It is a dosage. Yeah. Like I haven't been to many places and surf like sick waves and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Like I was just mainly in Perth, go down south every now and then, but like I didn't like score anything like that. And then like, mm. when I was there, I was like, this is, this is sick. Um, and then there's like a guy and he's like, he got a video of it. I said, I don't give a fuck how much that costs. I'm buying it. <laughs> <laughs> I need it. And he ended, up, he ended up bloody charging me 150 Aussie dollars. I was like, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But you, you'll pay anything for the for the good ones. I've been in that oh, bloody yeah. pickle before. Hey, man, did you get my wave? Yeah, got it. Here it is yeah. with my logo on it. Um, but you can pay for the good version. Um, yeah, pretty standard stuff. Here's the car, yeah, chuck it in. Chuck exactly. It in <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, so look on the front of that experience with bodyboarding, like, I mean, touching on a few things, like I'll admit I've never, I've never interviewed an indigenous bodyboarder on this podcast, right? It's, 
kind of my fault. There is There are a couple of Indigenous guys who are on the list and I just haven't been able to arrange them. So it's not like it is my fault at this point in time that I haven't had an Indigenous bodyboarder on here. But, I, haven't, I haven't seen too many either myself. But exactly. I follow one guy from, um, he's from maybe Queensland way, and he, he gets some big air. I, I, can't, I can't remember his name. Um, um, Laurie. Um, yeah, Laurie, that's it. Is it Laurie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of his first name. It's bloody, I feel so bad. Mick Laurie, I think it is. Yeah, he looks like he's not bad. He rips. He rips yeah. and he absolutely sends it. Like he doesn't seem to hesitate when there's a ramp coming at him. Um, and also Grant Maloney, um, he is a great drop near from the Central Coast. Sick drop near yeah. actually and an amazing artist. Um, yeah. Surfing's pretty white generally, right? In Australia, oh, it's yeah. a pretty white sport. Um, you know, how does it feel in that environment to kind of paddle out and in a lot of cases just be surrounded by white people suddenly, you know, like, yeah. it, like what's that actually like? Cause I got no yeah. idea. Oh, I guess when I'm, when I'm in Perth, it's different because people know me because I play footy as well. Sure. So like, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people want to have conversations and, and stuff like that. Um, but I guess like me as a person, I'm, I just like, as soon as I'm out there, I just start talking to anyone, you know, like, yeah. and it's, you know, and like me and my family, like I got, there's seven of us, but like my brother is it, like, if you saw him, like he's quite light skin. And then I got my two younger sisters aren't even Aboriginal at all. So like, you know, I've always sort of grown up with both sides where I've got, you know, my Aboriginal side and then my mum who's English, that size. Oh, I'm right. Always, I've sort of always mingled with, you know, half and half sort of um, thing growing up, you know. But maybe we, I, I'm just easy with people, so I just make conversation with anyone. But, like, yeah, when I, whenever I, you know, whenever, like, my, my Indigenous mates or, you know, but people see me um, surfing, they're like, why are you doing that, mate? Too many sharks out there. Don't go out there. You, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, oh, like, what are you thinking, mate? We don't, we don't do that. <laughs> I said, not we. I said, you don't do it. Oh, I do. That's funny, hey. And and I think because, like, with, like, that's funny. I went out to this community I was telling you out um, on Wadri Country with my partner and we spent some time out there. And, like, when the kids would hear that I would go bodyboarding, same thing, like this absolute, like, fear of sharks and, like, yeah. why the hell are you going in there? Like, this is, and I'm wondering why the hell are you walking out into the bush when there's this many brown snakes and everything else that can kill you? So, you know, it's the same kind of conversation. But I guess it's like, one of the really cool things I've noticed with some parts of Australia is that bodyboarding has been this really good outlet for Aboriginal communities that are our coastal communities. And I'm thinking about the community around Rec Bay and Aussie Pipe and stuff like that. Like there's a lot of um, Aboriginal guys getting in the water and it's pretty sick to see. And it's just one of these things that, I don't know, we don't really, as a, like Australia's got a lot of issues with Indigenous um, kind of reconciliation and understanding how to kind of, be together and to, you know, work together. And yeah. it's just funny that in surfing, it's actually really clearly a, a space that is dominated by white people in Australia. And I just guess it's, I don't know, it's an, I, I wouldn't want to jump on a podcast with an, an Indigenous bodyboarder and say, and not talk about it. Cause I feel like oh, here's my yeah. chance to talk about it. Like, and yeah. is that experience a, an interesting one for you? Is it, it doesn't seem so yeah. challenging. I don't know. I just feel like well, maybe like, a lot of mine people mates and stuff like we don't we never used to really like i always did but like my mum loved 
beach, but like, we never really used to go to the beach and like they swim, you know, we'd go there on a hot day and have a dip around or whatever, but like, yeah, we'd never ever, you know, swim out or, you know, trying to go near the waves and stuff like sort of more like we'll keep away, they'll keep away from that sort of thing. You know sure. what I mean? Um, sure. Where I've always sort of been around the water. Mum's always loved it. Like always done, you know, always swimming at the, at the beach and would go out a little bit and you know, wouldn't be too afraid of it. And then I guess the other thing, like I said, sharks, they always, you know, they're probably too smart. They're thinking, I don't want to put myself in that situation. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> At least with the snakes and that, you can, you can probably outrun them, you know. You're not outrun, out, outrunning a shark or getting away from a shark. <laughs> not in WA either. It's bloody notorious no. for it. So, no, no. It's, a, it's a tough space. Yeah. It's a tough space. Yeah, like with, with some people. of the fans that see you, like do they get confused when you're riding a bodyboard? Like do they like, well, what are you doing on that thing? Um, oh, over here, like some people know, but like I sort of get in contact with people that I know live in those areas, and then I'll message them saying, like, so, like in Phillip Island, there's a guy, Sandy Ryan, who owns all the body, um, all the, all the surf shops down in, um, in Phillip Island, and he's a Saints man, and he'll like message me if the waves are good, you know, That's so like, mad. I, don't have to, I don't have to travel down there and hoping it's good, you know, Sick. you know, the forecast can tell some lies sometimes. So, he was like, oh, have a look in the morning, he lives right on the beach, so he's like, I was checking the morning. Give you a message if it's good to come and then come down and then um so i've always got sort of like people that i meet down there um but you do see the odd occasion people like people that love their footy like it's got on hilly whatever like that so exactly hey <laughs> it must yeah. be funny because you know like bodyboarders it must be this really hard thing as well because i'm just thinking about like this situation where like bodyboarders get picked on all the time. Like, you know, like it's oh, an experience. Yeah, surfers, yeah. 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 And like, it's less so today. Like, I feel like it's dropping off a bit. Everyone's chilling out a bit more. And by the way, I need to correct the record. It was Rob Laurie. Rob Laurie is the bodyboarder from the Northern. Yes. Mick Laurie, I think yeah. is his brother. Um. So yeah. anyway, so Rob Laurie rips. And, um, and yeah, I'm just wondering, like, it must be this interesting problem for like maybe this angry white surfer if they're yeah. kind of like got a bodyboarder, but that bodyboarder is indigenous. Then they got this problem where they're like, "Oh, am I going to start like picking on this kid who's black?" Oh, this is dangerous yeah. territory. Suddenly, like it's a lot easier to probably pick on a white bodyboarder because you're not going to like worry about any issues of racism getting in the way of you being a jerk. You know, that's this funny situation. It's like this. Oh, that's pretty handy. You know, they, they may not pick always, on you. Always think good about the water. Why is everyone so fucking angry? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, people get so angry about like waves and I'll get like if someone drops in on you like bad and, and whatnot. Sure. But like some people is out there and they're just like they're angry. I'm like, mate, just relax out in the water. How beautiful Holy. is this? There's waves, you know. But um but I've never really I've never really copped a spray, but um No, nah, I reckon it's interesting. Time, I'll, I'll probably I'll probably get give a bit back to them as well. But... <laughs> I reckon you'd be right. I reckon you'd be yeah. right. Because um, I remember talking about like indigenous surfers and bodyboarders. Um, there's that, what's that? There's that young kid who surfs the Gold Coast. Um, uh, Lungi Slab? Yeah, that's it now. Yeah. I've, I've heard stories too, like he can just do whatever the hell he wants there because he's a legend. That's, that's his land. And everything. he's got the, the older brothers and, and family that will come down <laughs> and sort you out. <laughs> I reckon um, he's a very, he's actually a fun kid, man. He rips. And yeah. he, I was up there a while back with um, hanging out with Mitch for a bit. And there was a few yeah. swells that came through there and he was out there on the lid. He was out there on a bodyboard a bit. Lungi was, and he oh, rips. Was he? Yeah. rips. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they'll yeah. just, cause it, when it's really small, 
Like yeah, when you get like, those little hollow little barrels fully, out, don't you? Fully. Yeah. You can't ride a surfboard on it, so it just becomes yeah. like a bodyboarder drain like pipe. Sand, hey? I've seen oh, it. It's like sucks. So good. So yeah. good. But those guys had such a fun – there's another really cool guy who's – I think he's from the same community, and I think it stretches down towards Dreamtime Beach and um, in um, on the other side of the border. And when COVID hit, they got this job just kind of just guarding the road into the – Aboriginal community so no one could get in and like they just yeah. had this sweet job just watching a gate and like they just were getting paid to watch the gate and so they just had this really good employment for a while through COVID I thought it was great yeah I was really happy for them I'm like good on you earning a bunch of money to yeah. tell people to get lost that's fantastic <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah but no, there's some there's some good guys up there and I think it's just um you know for me with the work that I've done with um I do this job with um an organization called Surfers for Climate and we're trying to, you know, get surfers to connect with the environmental issues that we have and particularly climate change. And one of the things we did recently, which is kind of an interesting thing, was that the co-founder organized a, a walk on country at Bells Beach and yeah. and and had like indigenous knowledge shared about that place to surfers yeah. who probably never knew a thing about it. And I find that to be like a really interesting kind of mind-blowing opportunity for surfers and I kind of hope it can catch on a bit because I think a lot of the localism we experience and all that aggression, it's from people who aren't really from there anyway, ultimately. And so it's so absurd. And I I wonder how how we can break that down because, yeah, it must be weird. I, I imagine as an Aboriginal or an Indigenous guy just seeing localism that might yeah. be an interesting experience. Like, where, where do you, what do you feel about that like when you see it? That's my local. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. It's like a lot of places. Not, not many people know much about the history before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They don't really that, touch, touch on where we are. <laughs> yeah. It is where we are. It is where we are. So the question I've got to ask of everyone who jumps on this podcast, and, and by the way, in this series, I don't know if you follow him on Insta and stuff, but I've got Action Bronson on this same series as you. So yeah. we've got, we got him and we've got some really interesting people from around the world who are just bodyboarders but do other really cool things. And um, I talk to them and I ask them, like, who do they watch when they're watching bodyboarding? Like, and this is a chance for someone to feel good and others to feel shit. So who do you like to watch when you, <laughs> when you watch bodyboarding? Oh, to be honest, when I started getting into it, I was like, like the similar age to me, like Wingers and George and um and Louis and stuff. Like I remember, when I used to go like bodyboard and they were there, and I was like, obviously I knew them, like I was talking with them, and that, but yeah. I was like, sort of like in a way, I like, look up to them, like fuck these guys are sick, like, yeah. <laughs> like you know, these blokes are like the best bodyboarders around here, you know, and like, you know, and I know them in a way, you know, that's it. and even like you know, Wingers go to ball. Like he had a um a signature board, and I ended up buying like a wingers one. I, I still use it now. Like it's, it's one of my favorite boards. Um, uh, wingers is gonna love this podcast. Yeah, yeah th- those boys. Um, but then also good mates of um Shawnee Virtue as well. So oh, cool. Yeah, I used to watch uh, a fair bit of him um launching as as he used to fucking send it. You know, um, and he tells us some pretty cool stories about back in the day when he was bodyboarding, and you know when they. You know, found the um the right and the left and what and whatnot and um, that's cool. Tell that's stories cool. About that. Um, yeah, and I, I said same thing with him. I'm like, fuck yeah, Shorty Mercury, I know him. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. 
That's great. And then, oh, I used to love watching a little bit of um, Ryan Hardy as well. He's good too. So it's a real WA focus. There's a lot of love there for the West Pretty Coast. Much. <laughs> Pretty much. Who needs Mike Stewart when you've got all those guys? Yeah, no, I do follow him on Instagram and stuff. But no, but that's cool. I mean, Sean Virtue. He's a he's a really he's a big um, figure in bodyboarding. I'd love to get him on the podcast one day. I just, I don't know how open to it he is to share some of those stories. He's been pretty out of it for a while, but hopefully you'll see him back. I know Whitey, I think Whitey's been trying to get him onto the next tension project. So that's, um, that's a really cool opportunity. I mean, when I want to go back in time a little bit more though, because I feel like it's this interesting thing. Like when, when you first had a go on the bodyboard, you, you mentioned that your brother was actually, um, into it a lot more than you, and he he's also an AFL player. Is he? Is that yeah. the? Is that the your brother Stephen? You said he was it? Or? Yeah, Stephen. Yeah, he retired at the end of last year. But oh, okay. Um, I remember him coming actually down to bloody. Um, he hadn't bodyboarded in ten years, and he came to Mandra Wedge with us one day because he he was doing like quads and stuff, and he's quads and hammies, and he didn't want to get on a stand up or whatever. And you don't get on a stand up at, at the wedge, you know? No, you don't. And, like, he hadn't been on a bodyboard for fucking ages, and he just. He just pops like an air reverse straight out. This comes straight straight there. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's what Stephen's like, though. Anything he does, like, it is like, it is so natural at anything, you know, skating, surfing, bodyboarding, like, anything he does, it is, um, he's just so good at it. So, um, but yeah, he, he loves it as well. But he's one of those, he's so like, like embarrassed and stuff like that. Like, he wouldn't want to, like, He'll never ever get in the way of someone or like he'll be like on a wave and he'll go, oh, no, you go, you go, you know. Like it's just, That's it's cool. It's too friendly. That's <laughs> refreshing though. That's refreshing. Yeah. But coming back into it or when you first kicked it off, like you, was there any, I know that for a lot of guys when they try to, like with bodyboarding, it was purely just a fun thing for you because I'm, I'm assuming that as an elite sportsman yourself today, you're, you're obviously could do other things. Like, I don't think there's any elite sportsman who does anything. Like, look at Ash Barty, you know, she was playing tennis, decided to go and just be really good at cricket, comes back yeah. and gets really amazing at tennis again, and now yeah. she's retiring. And, I mean, I imagine That's she's going to do something <laughs> else. Like, I imagine she's – I reckon she'll be a world champion in something else. <laughs> so, like, for yeah. you, was there ever any risk or any – um, consideration for not chasing AFL, or was it always a complete focus for you from a young age? Nah, to be honest, again, my brother Steve was probably um, as a junior always the most talented. You know, won everything, and yeah. then when he got drafted, he was like pick three out of the whole of Australia. So yeah, it right. was always high. Where me, when I was a kid, I was I was a bit more getting in trouble, up to mischief. You know, like this. Always out with the boys every weekend, you know, you know, doing what, what you do when you're 15, 16. Sure. Um, but I was never, I, I was never like the best in my team. Like I always probably maybe like third or fourth, and that's just in my local team. Mm. And um, like didn't play like West Perth and that, which is like sort of like under 18s top level you can play. Like okay. And like I never, I never really got into that until I was about 17, and I sort of developed sort of late. I was always like one of the smallest. Uh huh. And then. And then I sort of developed late. And then when I was about 17, I probably started taking footy serious. And then when I was 18, I was lucky enough to, to get drafted. But so, and during that time, I mean, I even imagine it, it might, or were you just having a good time? You just, you were too busy having, having a good, a good time. time. Yeah, I was just enjoying it. Yeah. No wonder you like wingers and that. That makes heaps more sense <laughs> about that friendship. Um, yeah, 
I've had a couple nights out with Williams. Before, I'm sure. Oh, <laughs> they're good fun. I I, I yeah. got to spend a good amount of time with the three amigos uh, in yeah. on the tour a couple of years ago before COVID, and it definitely made yeah. me feel younger and older at times. Yeah. But um, yeah. no, nah, it's a really really good crew. And I guess like so that focus on footy, like I mean, how how does how does like with that moment when you get that drafting and you're you're kind of a professional athlete now, like mm. how does that change then? Do, like was that a hard adjustment at the time when you had to like oh, oh yeah I'm Only, a pro mainly because um, like I got drafted on the Thursday night and then on the Saturday I was living in, in living in Melbourne never wow home never left mum you know and then crazy sort of get sent to another state I moved from Perth to Melbourne at and, eighteen. Yeah, you don't really feel like you're a professional athlete straight away, just because sure. you got you got so much to learn. You know, you just become you you're just this young kid that you know living with your mum, you know, not not doing a hell of a lot, and then you you become this um, athlete, and you sort of got to learn all these new things, and mm. you know, being a bit more professional, what you're eating, you know, having having a schedule where you you know you got work every day, and you know, waking up and all that all that sort of stuff and it's like learning all of that. Mm. So, yeah, well, it took a little while, but got there eventually. Well, you're still there and I noticed that, you know, like you also, what, won three premierships and, yeah. you know, that's like the career's done all right after a nice little yeah, um, teenage party scene, you know, good on you. Yeah. Good on you. I mean, where do you see, um, I mean, here's my rookie status with AFL conversations, like in your this period in life now for you in your career, you know, I know that you're recently a father, so congratulations. That's really obviously a big thing. And, um, and then with footy, you know, you've, you've had a good long career. Like you're, you've, you've spent a lot of time there. Like what, what, what does the future look like for you? Like is footy, like when do, when do guys kind of hang it up and look at other things or what, um, what's that look like for well, you? The, it all depends really on how, how good you are and how your body holds up as well. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, like your average career from someone who gets drafted is only three years, I think, three or four years. What? So that's um, crazy. That roll through. Um, I'm I'm in my eleventh year, and I still got another couple of years left on my on my contract. So wow. Um, and then hopefully I can keep going a little bit longer. But I'm doing a little Dude. bit of work at um at a at Hallibury. Have you ever heard of Hallibury College? Like, um, no. It's sort of a big private school over here in Melbourne. Um. So I'm just starting to do some work with them with um with the indigenous side of things and um, nice. educating educating um not the whole school but like doing some classes with with some of the the kids and um I'm actually organising a, a trip for the year nine so they play footy as well and they got a campus up in Darwin so we're going to go yeah. to Darwin and they just want want to go with the Darwin school and sort of just have a little bit of connection with you know the indigenous kids up there and and them and nice doing some stuff. Some activities and some activities on land up there, and you know, going fishing, maybe go over to the Tiwi Islands, things like that. So, um, so I'm doing that, and hopefully, I can you know keep building that, and that can lead to something for me after footy. So, is that focused on the Indigenous students, or is it focused on uh, all? They've got no, there's non-Indigenous kids. There's no Indigenous kids there at the moment. They have had Indigenous kids there, but at the moment, it's more, more so teaching everyone else, the non-Indigenous kids, about you know the history. And that's great. That's great. Yeah. I mean, so that, the school just wants to get better in in that you know acknowledging indigenous people and knowing a little bit more about the culture and you know when NAIDOC week comes you know get people in there to you know for the whole school to see sort of thing you know 
That's in, great. In is that um? Yeah, I mean, it's this interesting pathway. Like, I think it seems for people, Indigenous people in Australia, particularly sports people. You know, like they get these big, you know, celebrity <laughs> status. They've they're influential. Everybody looks at them like, okay, how are you going to help now? You know, like it's. It, do you feel a sense of responsibility with this kind of position you're in? Like, is that how you um, see it? Yeah, I, like yeah, I definitely want to. Like I, I, at first, I, I wanted to work with Indigenous kids, but I thought, oh, you know, they didn't have any there. But I was like, you know, it's still a pretty cool opportunity to mm. probably take the non-Indigenous people. Cause that's probably the gap that we need to sort of, you know, bridge. Totally. People that live here to understand about the history of where they where they are, you know. Mm. Um, and even for myself as well, like I can still, like, I still got a lot to learn. You know what I mean? Like I know, I know, I know a bit, but there's still heaps that I don't don't know. You know, and even um, I'm from Perth. I know a lot about stuff in Perth, but I don't know uh, heaps over here or, you know, other places sort of thing. Um, and I'm in Melbourne, so, you know, learn more about what what's, you know, the history of where I am now and, and the land that I'm on now. But, um, yeah, it's, it's something that I, I enjoy and I find it um, pretty easy for me and, you know, I feel comfortable doing it. That's great. That's great. I mean, for your um, the passion of bodyboarding, which is obviously still in you, it doesn't really fade ever. And you've you've um, mm. you've had some good experiences, I guess, of of late. I mean, is there anything on your mind in terms of what you'd like to do, trips you'd like to go on, places you'd like to surf? Is there anything that's on your radar when you've got the spare time? Um, I'm actually. I'm, another thing. I'm actually moving down towards the beach soon, so I'll be able to surf a bit more too. But um. Oh, I don't know. What do you got for me? Where where should I go, mate? I, I was always going to do a Cook Island trip. I've never been there. I reckon. I reckon that would be nice. It just. I feel like there's so much of Australia just still to be done, but um, I feel like everyone's looking at Indo too. Like I, I'm looking at it. Like I love Indo, to- man. Very good. Surf, yeah. come out, have a froppy. <laughs> exactly. It's that easy. It's that easy, yeah. and. You know, with COVID just kind of letting us go. Actually, I'll say this. Hawaii. I recommend Hawaii. Not so not not necessarily so you Hawaii. Can... Oh, you I have before the season started. So I didn't even oh. know. Yeah, so I just missed it. Well, I love Hawaii. I reckon Hawaii's a spot as well. Like we we just had our pipe comp there. Um, it was it was amazing pipe. But also like I just what I like about it is it's actually like just such a powerful space and you you probably felt that before the season, like, but there's all these like people who just really they focus on it, and it's their like it's their absolute source of pride, and it's their number one focus to like be in that water and to deal with those waves. And I just find that to be the, you know, everything's focused on the water, and when you're on land, you're kind of just taking a break, and then it's you know, and there's local guys too, like there's some heavy Hawaiian people who charge and who. And there's a good scene of young bodyboarders there now too. There's actually like a really great um, crew and, and on Oahu, but also in Kauai, there's actually some really great stuff happening with guys like Jeff Hubbard and, and Chris Burkard have done some really sick stuff over there in growing the sport again. And you can see that um, there's a lot of passion over there. So I reckon a trip to Hawaii, I reckon, in the season would be, um, that's my recommendation, mate. I reckon you, you do that. Get a couple of pipeline shacks too while you're at it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
All right. Well, hey, I reckon I reckon that's a bloody good podcast we've managed to record with a with a little false start and um, you know doing it through Zoom this time. So hopefully it works out. Um, huge okay. thanks to you for taking the time, mate. I really appreciate it. I know you got a lot of stuff on. Thanks for having me, mate. Appreciate it.